friends, it's Friday, March the 10th. Welcome to today's episode of Enough for Today. Thanks for joining me. We are finishing Psalm 73 as we finish this now second week of March. And uh, this year is, is flying by. And uh, we've seen the sun the last couple days in Connecticut, which has been nice. Um, that's not always a thing through the winter months. So anyway, wherever this podcast finds you, this video finds you. I hope you're encouraged today. Pray for us as we come into the weekend. We will continue John 12, and we just have a a great weekend before us, and we're very much looking forward to it. Psalm 73, join me there. We're in the last verse today, so we've journeyed with with, uh, Asaph all the way from verse 1, where he begins to say, God's good to those that are of a clean or a redeemed or a forgiven heart. But as for me, he says, I I almost slipped away. Uh, My steps were almost gone. My feet were almost gone. And then he tells us why. I was envious at the foolish and the prosperity of the wicked. And then began to compare the life of a God follower to the life of someone who had rejected God. And they just don't seem to have the problems that God followers have, that believers have. And he continues on through that thinking um, to verse 13. Uh, where he basically says, I regret being a believer. I've washed my hands for no good reason. Um, Because all day I've been plagued and chastened. Every day is hard, and and I don't know why I followed God. See, his motives and his his interior world, his thinking's all off. He says in verse 15, if I told anybody how I feel, they'll just be offended. I don't even have anybody I can talk to about it. Verse 16, I don't even know how to wrap my own brain around it until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their end. So again, his eyes are on the, the faithless, those that deny the gospel. And then he begins to come out of it. God's grace, God's truth, the worship of God, the people of God, the presence of God, the, these things that you experience at church, the sanctuary, he, he comes out of it. Um, clarity, truth, it all changes his perspective. One of the things this psalm and others teach us is really how much Old Testament Israel really did understand the gospel. It is everywhere throughout the psalms. And if you have been journeying with me, you've seen that with me. But so much of the gospel is in this psalm. One of them is um, in verse 23. So he comes out in verse 21 saying, I was convicted, I was grieved, I regretted my thought process and where I, I had gone to in my decisions. I was behaving and thinking foolishly and ignorantly uh, like an animal before the Lord. Verse 23 is where he begins to profile now to the end of the psalm the things that happen. Now, I just want you to, to, to see this if we were numbering them. What happens when life has gone awry, but you stay faithful and you continue to pursue or draw near to God, by and I'm talking about literally draw near to him through his word, through the fellowship of his people, through, uh, and I'm talking about in person, going to be with uh, people, the people of God in the place of God, hearing the word of God, uh, the preaching of the truth of God, worshiping him, growing in his grace, engaging with a church family. What happens? when you go there, when, 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 when you saturate your life with these habits. 
he says, uh, first of all, verse 23, he discovers that God was always with him the whole time, even when he was struggling and failing. And God's holding his right hand. So um, security, you understand it is God that secures you, not your strength, not your own strength, not your own performance. Number two, thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, afterward receive me to glory. That's verse 24. He says, he understood the process of life that God would guide him through these times uh, and then receive him, that his salvation was never really in question. He's headed uh, to an eternity with Jesus. He's, number three, understood the value, so his security, his direction, his ultimate destination. And now, verse 25, the value of God's presence in his life. Whom have I in heaven but thee, and none upon earth I desire beside thee. You are the greatest treasure. You are the greatest uh, affection of my life. Number four, he's learned his own weakness. He's become acquainted with his own weakness, but the true source of his durability. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Number five, verse 27, for lo, they that are far from me, they shall perish. Thou hast destroyed them all together that go whoring after thee. He's saying, I, the people I was envying, I don't envy anymore because they're on a road of destruction and they will perish. And now, number six, the final conclusion of his, his uh, wandering experience and his revival, his renewal, his recovery. Repentance maybe is a good word. Verse 28, and this ends our time in Psalm 23. But it is good for me to draw near to God. So now he understands, in the sixth position, he understands the value, the power, uh, the need for him to regularly draw near to God. This goes back to until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I therein. So verse 17, he says, this is what brought me back. This is, this is what reminded me of truth. This is what held me secure, not, not secure eternally, but secure in this path through life. So he says, it's a good thing for me to make the drawing, my drawing near to God a high priority in my life. And yeah, he's talking about, in, in our modern vernacular, this would apply to our weekly gathering or, or twice or, or more a week with our believing friends to worship, to grow. But this is also daily. It's what we're doing right now. It is, it is every day to come into his presence, to, to come into the, into the influential sphere of his word, to walk through every day uh, in relationship with him and practicing the presence of God in our lives. It's good for me to draw near to God. This is not uh, a have-to discipline. This is a delight. This is, a, uh, this is a, a practice that draws us and keeps us and strengthens us. And then he just declares one more time this final declaration. I have put my trust in the Lord. Do you see the contrast in his previous position he was really trusting himself he was trusting his own perspective he was trusting in a sense his own strength to keep him secure and then he began to trust outside perspective and the outside narrative the world's narratives that's why he was envious that's why he was struggling and so in the final position he says no i've put my trust in the lord god and there it is there again is the gospel what is it that's going to save Asaph? 
What is it that secures him? What is it that guarantees that he will be guided by God's counsel and received into God's presence into glory after it's all said and done? I have put my trust in the Lord. Why? What is the outcome of that that I may declare all thy works? And so here, I just love these phrases that kind of are, they're they're anchoring, they're foundational, they are purposeful, they are tying off our whole heart and life to these things is what life is really all about. My journey through life, God guides me with his counsel, receives me into glory. My promise, my hope through life, I'm secure. He's holding my hand. He is my highest treasure. He is the renewer of the strength of my heart. My core trust is my God, and I'm going to continue to draw near to him. And what does all this result in practically in this life that I live a life declaring his works, uh, laying out to others, this is the reality, this is the truth, this is meaning, this is what it's all about. My friend, what an unbelievable journey we've had through these Psalms. We have uh, several people that are visiting, attending Emmanuel on a regular basis that have yet to really place their trust in Jesus. And I was talking to one young man on Wednesday night. We stayed after uh, church for probably 40 or 45 minutes talking. And he said, you know, I've, I've come to realize, he's only 23, he said, I've come to realize there is no meaning that I'm not going to ultimately lose in this life. Success, education, hard work, pursuit, achievement, friendships, romance, all of it is vanity. All of it is essentially meaningless. He said, so even if I believe in Jesus, what point is there? And what a joy it was to begin to tell him that all the things that are meaningless in this life, once you come into Christ, they all have eternal meaning. They all have eternal significance and eternal purpose. They all have something to do with what Asaph says is a life that is lived declaring the work of God. So happy Friday, my friends. Think on these things. Have a great weekend. And we will resume with a new psalm on Monday. I'll see you then.